You're listening to My Therapist Thinks, a modern mental health podcast. We're your hosts, Andrea Bozia and Mary Beth Samich. We are licensed therapists with a passion for making therapy accessible, relatable, and relevant to your life. Let's get started. Today, we're tackling the idea of work-life balance. It's a really ideal concept, as though you can stay in this perfectly balanced space. But is it true or realistic? For many of us, it's just not. And it creates this frustration and guilt in different areas we might feel like we're neglecting. So because this is a perpetual issue that most of us face, either throughout life or at least at specific times during it, We wanted to create space for discussion around it and provide you with tangible strategies we've picked up ourselves and from others throughout our many years of counseling people who are navigating through this. Yeah, so I think it's important for us to really start with the idea that balance is a myth. You know, once I read this idea of work-life balance coming from, you know, separating work and life, like seeing them as two separate entities, and in this way, we're really creating this mindset that work is bad in many ways and non-desirable, and we have to wait to live our lives and like really enjoy the good after we're done with work, you know, as if work is in need of this counterweight of life. But if we're functioning from this framework, it can really create a depressive mindset and lead to setting some pretty unrealistic goals such as, you know, I need to spend the same number of hours working as having fun, as sleeping, et cetera, et cetera. Like we're taking this really quantitative scale to work in life. Mm -hmm. I like that you said that, just the counterweight, because there are, you know, people that spend 40 hours working, even 60 hour work weeks, there's no way that that's ever going to balance. It's completely unrealistic. So you just end up feeling crummy that you're not doing other things. Well, you know, I'm not saying that sometimes things don't get really out of whack and that we don't need to make some serious changes to our routines or our lifestyle to bring about some greater harmony with our environment. But I do think, since we're spending time talking about this, it's really important to unpack where these feelings come from. Because perhaps you're getting too stuck on the hours you're spent doing something instead of the quality of time you spend doing it. Right? Like in my office, I feel like I hear time and time again, people expressing a lot of guilt about, you know, being at work and not being able to spend time with their kids, but then also feeling really guilty when they're sp- spending time with their kids because they're not doing things for work. And then the cycle just repeats itself. So it's just this cluster of, you know, guilt and frustration. Yeah. It's pretty lose-lose when you're in that mindset. And Maybe the missing piece is being present. I think you're right because in both instances, the person is thinking about what they're missing out on, but if they were to teach themselves to live their life at work fully and then really live their life at home fully, they would be able to move towards a bit 
more harmony and those feel good feelings. Mm -hmm. It sounds like setting boundaries in your own mind is, is of importance. Like when you're home, really focusing on being home and saying to yourself, I'm not going to think about work or feel guilty about work right now. Like I'm going to be present here and then vice versa. You know, when you're at work saying like, I'm here right now, I'm going to do the things I need to do and not think about what I'm missing out on at home. So it's kind of about setting boundaries with yourself in that sense. Definitely. Which is really focusing on prioritization, right? So in order for us to be able to stay present, I think we need to be able to prioritize it as well, right? So taking the time to really notice the factors that are actually affecting your happiness, instead of just throwing up your hands and blaming it on this like lack of the myth of work-life balance. Yeah. And so how do we know when things are feeling really out of balance? I know for me, I have some specific indicators. Um, One major one is that I recognize that when I've taken on too much and I'm feeling really stressed and just overwhelmed that when people ask things of me, like when they show up in my email inbox and say, can you do this? Or can we collab on this and this and this and this? I just feel almost resentful, like, oh my gosh, not another thing. And I'm someone who welcomes opportunities normally. So that's really out of character. And it's a big indicator to me that I'm out of alignment with my priorities and that I've just taken on too much. And it also requires recognizing, you know, where are my blind spots in this process? Because my husband and I do a ton of travel normally pre-COVID. And I found that it really snuck up on me most after those weekends that we'd been traveling or weeks we'd been traveling because I know now that I spend several hours per weekend just figuring out what I need to do for the week, getting a little organized or even just mentally preparing for the week ahead. And when we're traveling, I don't have as much of an opportunity to do that. And so it can really catch up on me this this feeling of overwhelm and feeling out of balance. So those are my personal indicators. I don't know if you have some of your own. Yeah, I think the overwhelm is definitely a big one. But also when I notice that I'm experiencing less joy doing the activities that I typically would find joyful. And I think that's okay too. Like things ebb and flow. But when I'm really in a place where perhaps I am spending too much of my time in one area of my life and not in other areas, then when I kind of dabble in those other areas, I may not have as much fun because my mind is still preoccupied with other stuff. So I think when I notice that my mind races more or it gets distracted more when I'm doing things that I would typically enjoy, that's an indicator for me of like, ooh, things might not be in harmony here. You're so right. It brings me back to just the idea of being present because I've been on vacations where a good majority of the vacation, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do when I get back. And it kind of sucks the joy out of it. And I've also been on vacations where I'm like, I feel really good about where I'm at. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm in a great place. Let me just really be present and enjoy this. And that's a completely different experience. So yes, presence is totally key. Like we said before, with being present, prioritizing goes hand in hand with that to kind of open the doorway to make it a little bit easier to stay present. So maybe we could touch on some different areas that people may or may not prioritize in their life. Yes, that's a great idea. So friends and family, obviously a big one, a big priority for many people um, and significant others, I would say. Other ones could be fun and leisure, 
career goals for sure, physical health, so to include diet and exercise, and then also spirituality, whatever that means for you. And it's helpful to do some soul searching and identify which of these areas really need to be more of a priority versus what you're doing really well at and maintaining currently, because I'm sure there are some that you are doing really well at. Sometimes it can feel like we're failing at all of them. Um, and sometimes we are, but I also like to think about this example. One of my good friends gave to me, um, she sent me an article and it was a helpful visual about burners on a stove. And basically the idea is that if you know you have a burner for friends and family, you have a burner for health, you have a burner for career, um, you have a burner for friends, you know, if we're thinking about having four of them on a stove. And if they're all on at the same time, if you're trying to cook a meal with all of them, you're likely to neglect one accidentally or neglect all of them and just not have as great a quality product at the end. Um, or maybe it all just goes up in flames because you just can't balance it all. But being really intentional about one at a time, like which burner you're going to focus on, whether it is, you know, your career or your friends or your significant other is a way to reduce burnout and attain quality in those areas. Yes. Being intentional is so important because it heightens the quality of the activities and in a way, it really helps us reorient ourselves to what we may actually enjoy about that given activity so that we can turn towards the feel-good feelings instead of just the feeling of overwhelm. And you know, mentioning this reminds me of a study I read a while back on the red string theory. Have you heard of that? I haven't. Yeah, it's, it's something that was really unique. It was the first time I came across it, but it's this idea that all of the activities that we do throughout the day correlate to different strings throughout our lives. And some strings are black and some are white and some are gray, but some have this distinct quality to them, this quality of looking forward to the activity, kind of really getting lost in it, even feeling energized by it. And this quality speaks to love. And it's considered to be the red threads throughout our life. And I believe that the study found that people who wove at least 20% of these so-called red threads into their work experiences experienced significantly less amount of burnout. And because of that, I can imagine that this helps break down that work-life dichotomy that we were speaking to earlier. Because I think it speaks to the importance of reframing your experience to help you kind of tune into your strengths and then highlight possible points of joy in what you're doing so that you can feel good more easily. Yeah. It, I mean, it speaks to the importance of doing what you love, right? So that, I mean, back to what we were speaking to earlier, it's not work as bad and dreadful and, you know, other things as fun and and enjoyable because there can be some red threads woven within your work if you're doing the thing that really lights you up. Right. Because honestly, a lot of us are in very demanding jobs and then we come home and we have demanding home lives. So it's natural for us to get overwhelmed when we're in that sort of high pace environment, which would bring us closer to burnout. But regardless of that, if we are able to reconnect with the parts of ourselves that 
can identify those love pieces throughout our day. Like what initially brought you to your job or what made you want to be a parent, you know, those pieces, it can help you stay present and move through some of the more difficult parts of the day. Yeah. I'm really thinking about the parents that are home right now during COVID um, homeschooling their kids for the first time and also maybe trying to work from home and how many roles they're being challenged to play right? We weren't meant or designed or ready to be our parents, you know, friend, teacher, all of these entertainer, all of these different roles. And Mm -hmm. so where can we find the red threads throughout that experience and focus on the pieces that we really enjoy amidst that overwhelm? Right. Because when we connect with that, then we can move toward that idea of balance. And I'm putting that in kind of air quotes because you mentioned parents, but I'm also thinking about like the teachers that are, are having to transition to online education during the times of COVID. And I've worked with several teachers who really dislike this new way of relaying information over a screen. And in many ways, it can make them even hate their job now. Like, I didn't sign up for this, right? I don't like this. So they spend a, a big chunk of their day really disappointed and unhappy and kind of looking to other parts of their day. But something that we work on is connecting to and noticing the things that they still do love because once we do that, once we create that internal shift, those activities will start to have a different emotional valence because you're staying present and creating room for that. And that can bring about more joy in your workday and even help you seek out those reasonable changes you can make within your profession so that you can weave in more of those red threads. With this teaching example, like if you really love creating content, maybe there's more ways to do that, even though it may be online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's identify what you can do if you realize that, you know, I am out of alignment when it comes to this idea of work-life balance, because we know it's a myth. It's more about priorities and mindfulness, but we still want to provide you some strategies to really help you identify your priorities and eliminate any guilt that you're feeling. So the first one would be to determine what your priorities really are. And it's okay if they're different from your friend or your family member. Um, They really are individual and value-based. So take a moment to consider what you are prioritizing and what you're not. And when you establish your priorities and align them with your values, it helps to reduce that guilt around this idea that maybe you should be placing equal importance on all areas of your life. That's just not really attainable. Right. And when you say that word values, I know that there can be a lot of confusion around that, like defining your values. What is that? But it's a really a pivotal piece here. And I think a way to help you kind of narrow down what your values are is by asking yourself, what do you want to do with your time on earth? Right. That's a broad question, but it's a really important one to ask yourself. And like, what sort of person do you want to be? You know, what personal strengths and qualities do you want to develop and continue developing, you know, and thinking of this in terms of work or education, if you're still a student relationships, your personal growth, your health, 
and how you play and relax and have fun, all those leisure activities. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if in this season, maybe you're focusing on your career and not your fitness goals, or if you're focusing on raising your child versus your career right now, it doesn't mean that those priorities can't shift again in the future to reflect your different needs and values. Then it's not this all or nothing mentality. It's a constant reshifting of priorities, just dependent on where you're at right now. And during this time. Mm -hmm. Another strategy that um, we wanted to share with you is time blocking or sometimes called batch working. So time blocking and batch working are very similar and they both really refer to creating intentional spaces in your schedule to focus on one task. This was, I know, a major game changer for me, especially balancing my private practice with my home and leisure life. Basically, I decided to dedicate Monday through Thursday to seeing clients and then my Fridays to more creative projects. And prior to batch working, I knew I felt really scattered. And now I know when it's time for clients, for creative projects, for meetings, for personal appointments, me time, you know, it helps me stay feeling really balanced, but it requires some boundaries to really stick to it. Like I have to commit to doing these creative projects on Fridays and, and really committing that time. So my suggestion would be create an online calendar or buy a planner and look at where you can create time blocks, intentional ones of, you know, two, three, four hours in your schedule for specific areas that you'd like to feel more balanced in. Yeah. I think you're really amazing at this time blocking and, and batch working. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Like I always look up to you for that because I'm like, damn, she has really gotten a great routine with that and you stick to it. And I think that's the, the challenging part of time blocking is being able to hold yourself accountable to what you blocked off while, you know, at the same time, allowing space for flexibility because things do change. And when we become too rigid, I think that can create anxiety as well of like, oh, I said I was going to do this for an hour today and I can only do it for 40 minutes. And all is going to shit. Yeah. Well, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. It'll There's be definitely okay. got to be flexibility for sure. Yeah. Definitely. And with that, I mean, you kind of hit on boundary setting, which is the third suggestion that I would make for people um, around trying to find this around their priorities. So um, one boundary, I mean, we can both share personal stories about because it comes to mind is um, how we might call each other on the ride home. But once we're home, we have decided to dedicate that quality time with our husbands to wind down, leave emails for the morning. And I mean, I think about this because one, others are also winding down at this time of night too. I mean, I work a little later than Andrea, mm -hmm. um, but I think about it and I'm like, it would be kind of strange to be emailing my clients this late at night. <laughs> By the time I get home and unwind, um, I don't need to open my computer or look at my emails. Um, and that's really about having my own self-care boundaries. So I know, you know, I often call Andrea on the way home from work or she'll call me and once we kind of pull in the driveway, it's like, okay, got to go. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like this is the time that we've kind of carved out and set boundaries around to prioritize. Yeah. And like you were saying, you know, you typically work later into the evenings than I do. Like you might be working until 8 PM where I, where I would most likely finish around 6 PM. And in many ways, I, I've decided to create a quote unquote shorter day for myself because I feel most productive in the mornings. And so I tend to schedule clients and do my passion projects early 
earlier in the mornings than later in the evenings. Whereas Mary Beth and her clientele um, align better with meeting later throughout the day. And so within that, I just think it's important to acknowledge that it's important to set boundaries that work for you specifically. You can use somebody else as a model, of course, and if you really like the way that they've set up their day, great. But ultimately, it depends on what works for you and your family. And that's, you know, you're perfect, right? Like the way that things jive well for you. And I think embracing that and then following through with that is going to help you feel really good about your schedule. Even if you're spending more time on certain activities than others, you're leaning into the quality of time that you're spending within those activities. Definitely. We hope that today's episode breaks the idea that we are always meant to feel in sync between our personal and professional responsibilities. Ultimately, the hours we spend on one or the other does not determine quality. Our ability to be present in our work and outside of our work life is what helps to bring about more consistent joy and harmony in our lives. Thank you for inviting us into your day. We hope you enjoyed the information shared in this episode. As a reminder, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a licensed mental health professional to support you in continued growth. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when new episodes launch, to rate and review us on iTunes, and follow us on Instagram at ABC Therapy and at Your Journey Through.